Welcome to It's Always Day One. My name is George Reed, a former Amazonian turned Amazon consultant. Each week on the podcast, you're going to hear industry experts, brand owners, and Amazon employees share their answers to the basic yet fundamental questions you should be asking yourself about your Amazon business. Now, let's jump in. Hey guys, just a quick reminder, this is following on from last week's session. If you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend going back, listening to that 20-minute episode first, and then it's going to flow nicely through. If you do want to ensure that you're always going to get the episodes as soon as they are made available, I recommend pressing that subscribe button. You usually get it about 12 to 24 hours quicker than everybody else does. Hopefully you enjoy. Let me know if you got any feedback, and I'll speak to you very soon. Cheers. Now, I want to pivot slightly to the days when you were the director of consumer shopping experience. I want to know more about what were Amazon looking for from sellers during those earlier days, because I can't quite remember the year you were doing that, but it was in the last kind of four or so. What, about, what are Amazon yeah. looking for? Yeah, so I, I had the privilege of, of leading the detail page and the Amazon product page, uh, overall buying experience, really, from 2017, 18, and 19. And uh, uh, what a what a ball, right? You know, a lot of customers and a lot of shoppers on those pages. Uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had started one. I, I started with like, look, uh, I'm looking for the same thing from all sellers. Uh, how well are you creating content and putting content on the page that helps customers efficiently answer what is this thing? Uh, is it the one for me, and how do I get it? Right. So, um, a Amazon is just another seller on the platform. They just happen to be a really big one uh, and they own the platform. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if I've got a brand and it's a 1P brand or a 3P brand, as the product page owner, I don't really care because uh, the customer doesn't necessarily care. Uh, what I care about is do I have, you know, large, high quality product images uh, mm-hmm. with some additional videos, right? Can I really easily visually help the customer? Um, do I help the customer? Does does 3P content, and it's typically 3P content, although I've seen some other content you know, from 1P vendors or whatever, does the content build trust in, in the platform? So, you know, if customers are shopping and they see these crazy emojis and funky, you know, all cap stuff, it's like, you know, and, and 300 word, t- 300 character titles, it's like, this is not, you know, a come on, you know, Amazon's supposed to be a great shopping experience and you're not reinforcing that uh, very well. So, and, and you're not reinforcing it because you're not making it easy for the customer to see what is this product and, and is it the one for me, right? You're making more work on the customer and you're not following some of the best practices of Amazon policies and content. The policies are there just to help customers uh, have a great experience shopping on the site. So I would look for great images. I would look for well-formed content um, that is not trying to game the system. Um, you know, there's a lot of myths out there. Well, if I do this, it's going to get me better search results. So I better stuff some keywords. Uh, no. Um, cause also don't forget Amazon doesn't say static over time. So even if that did work once upon a time, a long, long time ago, or it seems to work, um, you know, it's things keep changing. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, having clear content that customers can trust. Yeah, that's beautifully simplified, but that's exactly what it is. And you know what I like about, 
you meant around building that trust in the platform of Amazon, you know, no capital letters, lacking emojis, no huge titles. And one interesting discussion I had with Kyle Kirkwood on the pod recently, he does a lot of Amazon advertising bits. He was saying with the new video ads that have come out, the most basic ones um, that were actually created by Amazon for sellers and vendors tend to perform the best because they look more native to Amazon as a platform rather than anything that's more aggressive brand driven and all brand colors. Customers yeah. are somewhat don't trust that. They feel like it's an off Amazon ad. And they've found that these simple ads, which are more Amazon style, dare I say, are the ones that are working well, which actually feeds back into that statement around trust in the platform, right? Yep. Amazon isn't necessarily knowing, right? And you know, um, if a customer looks at, say, on average, you know, uh, a, if you're trying to buy something, I don't know how many paid, you know, products or pages you might look at, you know, but say a customer looks at, at two, three, four uh, mm-hmm. products as a comparison, right? And uh, comparing, uh, and so you know, the the sponsored product ads or the other ad slots on somebody else's product page may help them decide where to go or one of the other you know, components of the page of similar products, right? There's, there's actually, you know, count them up. There's actually, you know, quite a number of other products on any other product, you know, detail page. Uh, So if those product pages look very different, right? Even if the price is different, you know, the, the quality and clarity of the content uh, can help a a seller or brand stand out. Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. the closer it looks to, hey, I trust uh, you know, uh, I trust what Amazon looks like. You know, that is the standard. Let's you know that customers expect customers set the standard. Um, and so, if you see customers consistently trusting a a a style of content, go with it. I think the only caveat to that would be when we look at the search results um, and it can be disgracefully competitive on there, particularly in some categories like supplements. One of the things that I certainly recommend and a lot of other experts in this space will do is thinking about how you can make that main image stand out more than others. Um, and in that particular occasion, you do want to stand out. You don't necessarily want to blend in and be like all the other products um, because you want that click, and that obviously feeds the algorithm, right? So there's certain caveats to that statement. Sometimes you want to sit in and align with Amazon or after, but in other cases, you want to stand out because standing out is going to get you the click from the search result. It's going to get you the click from someone else's ASIN, right? Yeah. Well, I don't think we're as far off as, as it may sound. I still want content to be clear and follow some great, uh, great practices. So I've seen some supplements where – you know, the package has the words in a really small color and, you know, really small font. And then they, they drape some sort of herb or some sort of uh, plant around the package. And you're like, wait a minute, you know, pe- there's some science around how people uh, interpret visual images. And you just created your brand name and your product name to be the least dominant uh, eye- thing for your eye by creating this mm-hmm. uh, really vibrant color plant around your image. Uh, I've seen some other things. It's it's not rocket science. If you're shopping on mobile, and a lot of people shop on mobile, let's make sure one of your images or kind of one of your primary images, if not the primary image, is well suited to vertical. So take those headphones you're wearing and don't show them straight on. Turn them sideways so that they stand out tall because that's going to work mm-hmm. a little better on a mobile. 
Um, so paying attention to some visual standards, uh, just having good visual quality, not just the pixel depth, but actually the aspect, the positioning of the product, the paying attention to color, um, those things can help you stand out and customers will notice because they can very easily see your product. What is this thing? And that, and then we, if we look a little bit more into kind of A9, what is A9 necessarily looking for? Obviously, it's one of these big mysteries of the world. Even at Amazon, no, most people had no idea what that thing was doing. I don't think I don't think A9 could answer what it does. But from your mindset, what do you, what do you, how do you think the A9 algorithm works? Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I've given <laughs> exactly. up. I've given up. But I'll tell you, George, it's a funny story. Going back to the early days of three P one P, yeah, we were uh, we were having a meeting with the leader of A9. Ended up being my boss later down the road. But we were like, look, we want, you know, you've noticed like the 3P business is growing and they're providing a lot of your content. Yes. Well, can you give us any guidelines so we can help reward sellers who give you better content? Well, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> uh, well, we, we don't want to reveal the algorithm. Like, okay, I realize we're internal. <laughs> I realize we're, we're, we're working for the marketplace team, but we're still internal. Uh, and, and, you know, they were being super thoughtful. Uh, you know, and I might disagree with how uh, hesitant they were. Um, you know, and we finally got to the like, you're right, sellers don't need to know all these attributes, but give us a little bit of a clue. And we kind of found one element of the algorithm that we spent a lot of time on um, mm. that we then built that directly into the listing tools for sellers uh, to make sure sellers provided us you know, with, uh, with text and images that we knew fed into the A9 algorithm um to to benefit them but you know like all algorithms at amazon they change these things over time and and they keep testing them and so even if i i could and would uh tell you algorithms it's okay it'll be different next week but um exactly maybe not quite that fast but yeah hey folks it's george here i'd like you to check out my new site georges.blog it's where you can find all of my famous weekly emails as well as how we can work together. To repeat, that's georges.blog. Now, let's carry on with the episode. I think that the best way to look at it, in my opinion, would be, and disagree if you will, would be looking at what features Amazon are releasing, things like how A Plus has become more readily available, how storefronts they're pushing very hard, looking at the things that they're making more readily available and encouraging you to participate in, whether it's programs or whatever, and know that they're not telling you to create A Plus or telling you to create storefronts just randomly. They're not telling you to have 3,000 by 3,000 images randomly. It's kind of clues, if you will, would be my way of looking at it again, you're getting this information, you can ignore it completely, or you can just, oh, okay, storefronts are now available for everyone like a few years ago. Let's ensure we're jumping on it. What makes a good storefront? We seem to have all these different options in storefronts now to make it more customized. Do I go with a basic template or do I take advantage of the new options? For me, I think it's just Amazon again. We've got these things. We've got loads of options to be more of a brand on the platform. You can either ignore it and then question why you're not getting ranking, or you can go, I'm going to jump on that, I'm going to jump on that, I'm going to jump on that. That's my kind of simple way of looking at it as well. I, I think it, you know, I think there's a good point of that uh, around 
Amazon is putting a lot of things out there and Amazon does try to run on data. You know, so something's not working, they kind of move back, right? I, mean, I don't know if anybody remembers pay phrases or reading circles or, you know, there's a lot of features Amazon's killed over time. Uh, and, and maybe we should deprecate more, uh, you know, to keep testing. <laughs> so I do think, you know, yeah, uh, I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm going to try everything Amazon releases. I'm going to try everything Amazon pushes, but I'm going to test it too. Right. And I, so I think another, <laughs> another way to look at it is I, I keep an eye on, uh, uh, particularly I keep an eye on some of the Amazon private label detail pages or some of their product pages. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Amazon has usually more resources than a lot of sellers. Uh, and so they're going to spend time on, on, uh, testing those pages, uh, or, you know, they're going to try to drive more sales. Right. And so if I can not only find the different options, that Amazon's launching and test those, but also look at, you know, what do I think is best in class or for things from my category where mm-hmm. I can start developing some best in class rules of thumb. And uh, then I can give that to, uh, I can give that to my team and follow them. Yeah. And this is, you know, you, you, you bring this topic up at an interesting time. I recently created literally a Facebook group, just for that, which is just Amazon creatives all in one place of that best in class. Um, so plug for myself, uh, go join that group. Um, I want to finish with a very quick speed round, a new feature that I'm introducing today. You are the very first example Wait. of this. Um, so four quick questions, four quick answers. It may not be a quick answer. It may elaborate, but let's try and make them quick. First question, what's the biggest threat to a brand selling on Amazon? Uh, usually themselves. Interesting. I like that. And if you had 10K, would you start an Amazon business? Yes. If, if you were running an Amazon business on your own, who would you hire first? Uh, I would hire a content creator and uh, then I'd hire a data analyst. And what is your most memorable story from Amazon? Probably expect a more longer response here, but we'll finish on that. <laughs> Oh man, you know, I have, uh, just such a privilege, uh, the, the folks that I've had the chance to work with, um, you know, I think one of my recent posts is about writing and, and writing at Amazon. So I'll, I'll, I'll finish that one. I appreciate the opportunity to learn at Amazon, uh, the opportunity that Amazon gives its internal people to learn and to try new things. Uh, and I uh, was working on my writing, uh, and had been writing some project proposals and reviewed, reviewed my six pager. Uh, that I and, and my team had written with my vice president. I got a real quick feedback on how I was doing on my development as a writer. Uh, my VP knew that I had written the doc and he's like, well, who wrote this doc? Cause I think it might be time for a new, a new author. Uh, and I'm like, Oh, oh. but uh, you know, over time, like I just took that as, as an opportunity to really like, I want to be a good writer now. Like what does it take to be a good writer at Amazon? And so you know, over the course of time, I ended up uh, being one of the instructors for uh, how to write like an Amazonian. Uh, and, really? And, yeah. So partly, you know, the mentoring, you know, the mentoring you get. Uh, I think another one, uh, just as a, a quick story, is I really appreciate the opportunities, the space leaders can give each other to have disagreement before a decision is made. Right. And so we had been proposing a piece of software and one SVP was looking at this going, why is there just... 18. I think this is a great marketing thing. I think you need hundreds, hundreds of, of uh, uh, these kind of algorithms. And we kind of came around the room and, you know, another senior vice president, 
I think you need four. Just four, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, wow. And, but what you learn is, is uh, what I learned is, you know, as people are on the same team, right, you know, uh, they, they all have Amazon on their badge. Uh, so, you know, let's assume they, they have common intent. Um, so what inputs were they were they processing to get such a different output, right? I'm also assume they're mostly rational. And uh, so, you know, they, they clearly were thinking about it very differently. And so I, I really just appreciated every meeting I was in. Could I judge the meeting by the quality of feedback I got and understanding uh, people's points of view? Uh, you know, could I learn something from, you know, seeing the different points of view? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And that kind of disagree and commit statement really rings true there, despite never being a massive fanboy of the principles when I was there for some bizarre reason. They're now applying more to my daily life than they were when I was there. Or I was probably like pushing back like a young boy, just pushing back against society. Now I'm like, they make so much sense. <laughs> Things the, the principles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they will exactly stand. Right. Yeah. And, that not that they're perfect, and, and I think also with some companies I work with that are not on Amazon, it's sometimes getting them to come up with what are your company's culture principles or your company's leadership principles. Um, you can start mm-hmm. with Amazons because they're great, but you know, um, there's room for improvement in them, and you know they um, you know they may not reflect what your company needs. Uh, so you know that's that's a fun journey for me is to help companies draw out what their leadership principles should be. Well, this ties me nicely into kind of the summarizing point of where can people find you and get in contact with, with yourself, Stefan, and, and, and what is it you're doing now just to cl- kind of clarify? Yeah. So um, first part is, is uh, doing a lot of stuff with my family. I get to change. I get to do my time differently, which is great. Uh, and I have a set of clients that I try to do where I work with companies, both who have Amazon businesses or who are uh, other e-commerce marketplaces uh, and or uh, just work in data and technology where they want to build or, or develop a new line of business growth. And so I, my company's you know, name is Vantage because uh, we're really looking at trying to get some different mental models, you know, help those companies uh, or clients see things from a different point of view to see how that might unlock growth for them and then actually help them work through it. Because uh, some of my lessons, you know, that I feel I learned from Amazon, I learned the most by actually just by being able to be next to the decision maker or see, you know, see how those decisions were made. Um, mm. You have to live through them to understand what some of those leadership principles or things like tenants, how they're actually going to work for your company. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have a set of projects and clients and we're, uh, we're helping them build their businesses. And where can they, where can people find you? So, uh, vantage, vantage or vantage international on LinkedIn, uh, my LinkedIn profile, the best ways to get a hold of me. Okay. And I'll obviously put the link to that in the show notes for, for everyone listening. Uh, but Stefan, thanks so much for coming on. We've kind of dug in some interesting topics there and got some very interesting stories as well. And, um, I'm looking forward to, to everyone having a little ganders of that episode. Thanks, George. Appreciate the opportunity. No worries. Big soon, mate. Ciao. Hey guys, just a quick one. If you are enjoying the podcast and either have some actionable next steps or new ideas, I'd really appreciate if you could, one, subscribe to the show and leave us a review. These are really, really important to us, as you probably know, being in the Amazon world. And two, if you're looking for additional support with your brand, head over to the website, it's always dayone.co.uk, where we've got links to other resources. That's all for now, guys. Speak soon.